fans and welcome to the big blue box podcast my name's gary my name's adam and welcome to episode 336 and a happy new year to all of our listeners and a happy new year to you bud welcome to 2022 happy new year happy new year Year. indeed i hope you've all had a very safe and very cool new year whatever you were doing if you were confined somewhere i hope that was okay if you're out and about i hope you kept safe and everything whatever you were doing i hope it was cool but Indeed, we're into 2020. It doesn't feel like uh, uh, 2022 started. It felt like five minutes ago. And as you mentioned earlier, dude, it's the sixth already. It's pretty nuts. I know. <laughs> it's already flying by, isn't it? That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. So we're not slowing down, of course. Every year we uh, we, we start a new year and uh, we get the odd tweet, get the odd message saying, so what are you guys doing then? Are you, uh, are you carrying on with your reviews? Are you not doing a web? Of course. Of course. We're not slowing down with that stuff. So we have our scheduling up until about the middle of the year-ish, so that'll be fine. And then we've got, um, we're back to our schedule pretty much until whenever they release the the, the, the two specials. Is it two? Two more specials for Jody? I think. Yeah, I believe it's yeah. two, isn't it? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Uh, so until we get to those, we're back to our schedule. So those of you that don't know, if you're new to the show, welcome aboard, by the way, if you're new to the show, but our schedule is we alternate between uh, a modern episode or a modern story of Doctor Who to a classic story and then to some torture. We were doing Sarah Jane last year, but that was all wrapped up and done, sadly. Oh, I know. Yeah. All wrapped up and done. So we're going to crack on with the new series of Torchwood in a couple of weeks' time. That's going to be uh, the Children of Earth series. Mm, I'm really looking forward to revisiting that to see if it holds up to how I remember it. Same, dude. Yeah, mm. same. Because we were a bit up and down, weren't we? With Torchwood, especially series one, one. series yeah. one, that's very up and down. Series from what one I remember. was a bit, yeah, yeah. patchy, a bit patchy, yeah. Mm. And then series two wasn't too bad. Had a few, few really good episodes in there. Yeah, so um, yeah, Children of Earth, we'll see. We'll get we'll to see, see. Capaldi as uh, Frobisher as well. That'd be strange, won't it? Seeing him as uh, a different character. It will be, yeah, mm. definitely. It's uh, the last time I saw Capaldi was in the Suicide Squad film. Oh yeah, yeah I saw back. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those funny things on his head. Yeah, very good. Uh, it's really weird, isn't it, to see? It's a bit of a double whammy with that. It's weird to see a somebody who played the Doctor in another role as big as that, but then just some random. Well, I imagine for some of our American listeners, uh, or just American people in general that might not have seen Doctor Who, just some random Scottish guy mm. appearing like a really big. You know what I mean? A big part in yeah. a big, big old blockbuster film like that. So, but he was really good though in that. He was really good. He plays a bad guy really well. He does. And actually, did you not get the feeling that um, there must be loads of bits? I felt like he wasn't in it as much as I thought he was going to be. So, I reckon there's loads of deleted scenes of him in. He wasn't in it as much as I thought he was going to be. Yeah. But he was really good in in the scenes he was in. He was. Yeah, he was really cool. Yeah. Uh, I forgot to mention earlier as we started the show, as well as hoping you guys had a good new year, we forgot to do the whole, hope you've had a cracking week and oh, that you've all managed yeah. to do something Doctor, Doctor Who, Who related. related. Gosh, yeah, we're, at, we're obviously out of practice. I was just thinking that. We've had a couple of weeks off and a bit rusty. <laughs> 
Yes, indeedy. So uh, we've got no news to go through this week. We were going to, as you guys rem- might remember when we spoke a week or two before we broke up for our Christmas and New Year break, that we were just going to put, uh, we were going to knock it on the head talking about all of the raisings and all that fluff. It's just, uh, we know the ratings are down. We know it's not as good as it was before. The festive special had a million less viewers than the previous ones. We know all that stuff. We're not going to dwell on that. It's a bit negative. So we're not going to talk about ratings anymore. But as a result of that, there's no other news to talk about. So fairly light on the old news. So before we crack on with our review, how have you been over the last couple of weeks, dude? I know some things put you down under the weather a little bit, recovering. But in terms Mm. of, you know, enjoying the festive period and stuff, you've been all good? Yeah, no, I did. Yeah, I've, I've not been too well the last week or so, but I'm um, I seem to be back on my feet uh, now. But uh, yeah, I had a good Crimbo and New Year and all that sort of thing. I was, I was away in Tenerife over Christmas, which was nice. was really nice. Yeah. Um, there was an amazing, like, strange moment that happened. Um, so we're, I'm in Tenerife and um, we're looking at places to visit. And uh, I saw this funny shaped building and I was like, oh, that's... Um, that's the building from the episode where the woman keeps shouting Benny all the time, or from 55. <laughs> so oh, we better go and have a look at that so I can stand outside and shout Benny at the top of my voice, which we did. But um, the day before that, we went on a trip to the volcano. <laughs> so they take you on a coach and they don't just take to the volcano. They sort of stop off at little places and you follow the guide round and she tells you about the churches and, and all this sort of thing. But you, you, you only really get about, 10 15 minutes in each place and then you're back on the coach and on to the next one so you, you re- it's really like a little whistle stop tour around around tenerife anyway we're um traipsing around behind the the lady doing the tour and i just spotted this little sort of square <laughs> by this church and I, I immediately recognized it immediately but we weren't actually in the square. She was talking about the church. It was about a sort of two or three minute walk from where we were. I could just see these two double doors. And I thought, that is where Missy sat and oh. stopped all the planes yeah. and had that conversation with Clara. And it was so weird because I wasn't expecting to just walk out and see it there. So obviously we're going sort of away from it. And I'm thinking, no, no, I need to go and have a look at this location. So I sort of sneaked off quickly to try and get some pictures. And uh, my other half was going mad. It's like, come on, we're going back to the car. I was like, no, look where we are. I've got to get some pictures of this. And I was trying to do a little video and stuff. <laughs> and it was just a nightmare, mate. So anyway, within the sort of two or three minutes, it took me to do a quick bit of video. And the video I did was a disaster because I accidentally hit slow-mo on my phone. So I go, here I am at the location. And I was like, oh, so that's messed that up. And uh, I turned around and the little, the little sort of group of people had gone. And we were just... Like, oh, how do we get back to the coach? My half was fuming. And I was like, but I could, couldn't could not stop here. I recognised it straight away. Well, anyway, just, so we, we did yep. find a way back to the coach, but um, I was in the bad books the rest of the day. But, yeah, it was really strange to just sort of literally walk out and see it in front of me because it, I don't know, it was just like, I just recognised it straight away. It just is so, even though it's just a sort of normal sort of little Tenerife square with a, a big church in the middle of it. It mm. just seemed so familiar that I thought, I'm sure this is where Missy was sat. And I wasn't like expecting it. So Doctor Who locations ruining, ruining more holidays for my other half. <laughs> <laughs> I swear he thinks we can't go anywhere now without me finding at least one Doctor mm-hmm. Who location. So that was good. Uh, so a nice little break. And then, um, yeah, I come back. Uh, I was only away for a week and I've been diving into my season 17 box set, which was waiting for me uh, when I got back. So I've been watching... All the behind the sofas, which are cool. Um, 
but not much else. This set, although it's got a lot of extras on it, seems lighter to me than the other sets. So I don't know. There's no sort of um, writer's tale or anything like that. So, it's, yeah, there's loads on it. Mm. But um, I've only really watched like the behind the sofas, and I watched the Tom Baker, Tom Talks thing the other day. Which That's was, pretty uh, cool, yeah. Yeah, that was quite nice. Yeah, yeah quite moving. Um, but, yeah, I was sort of looking through it the other day, thinking, what shall I watch next? And nothing was really jumping out with me. I think there's like a interview with bob baker but um yeah i don't know it seems i wouldn't say light but it doesn't seem to be as much to get my teeth into on this set mm. really and the stories i've seen quite a few times so i'm not really too bothered about re-watching them at the moment anyway so but yeah i've been watching a bit of that but apart from that not a lot mate what about yourself i know you've been in uh, new york swinging new york there how was that <laughs> yeah there were no there were no uh, uh daleks in the empire state building Any trying angels? to yeah. no angels dude no oh, it was all okay. fairly calm and sophisticated nothing doctor who the only thing i did it was really cool when we got there and checked in uh we were quite tired because we'd had a nightmare journey to get there in the first place but we were quite tired anyway we got into the room stuck the tv on as you do and i thought hmm i wonder if uh, i wonder if bbc america have got any Got any Doctor oh, Who? Yeah, on. I saw Nat's post. Yeah, yeah. So I went straight uh, to BBC America, and lo and behold, it was about two minutes into the Family of Blood episode with David Tennant. Brilliant. And I thought, oh, this is cool. They've put an episode of Doctor Who in, and then because it's North America, there's a commercial or an advert every three seconds. So the first advert was BBC America itself advertising the marathon of Doctor Who in the run up to the festive special, and <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that was like, oh god. You know, you're going to have to leave the hotel. I'm like, I know, I know, it's all good. So they were all running around packing. I was just laying on the bed, chilled out, watching Doctor Who. <laughs> it was lovely. So uh, yeah. that's the only bit of Doctor The only other bit of, well, the only non-event for Doctor Who is uh, obviously in a major city like New York or London, whatever. You, I often go around and see what the comic book shops and stuff are up to in terms mm. of who. It's just as bad over there, dude, as it is. Is it? it yeah, yeah. Here. So I went to... Uh, I went to a couple of branches of Midtown Comics, which is a very cool comic book shop there. Nothing Doctor Who in there at all. Mm. Like, literally. One of them had a couple of the old... Actually, one of them had a couple of sets, which were the... the um, uh, Paul McGann uh, figure set. It was Paul McGann and another figure in the set. Oh, right. I think it was. I think it was a big finish. Actually, they started doing those figures, didn't they? The big finish. Yeah. I think it, they had a couple of those in there, and that was literally. Big chief, it. Um, do you mean? Uh, sorry. Oh no, yeah. oh, no, big finish. Big no, finish. Right. Yeah. I know the one you mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and that was it. Literally nothing else. And then I went over to uh, a branch of Forbidden Planet uh, oh. over in New York, and um, and they had they had a couple of figures, but they were um, the Jody. You know the Jody. Um, figures that were doing the rounds when they first mm. when she first became the doctor they just had a few old ones of them oh, they're still kicking around yeah blind. just on the shelf but other than that dude there was nothing at all i mean we thought that the fp in london was pretty sparse i mean these were very there was no t-shirts no bags no yeah just literally doctor who's just not nothing at all mate no, I've still been going trying to get these blooming B&M sets with no joy whatsoever. Oh, no. I think there's something strange going on there, you know, because... <laughs> something know, strange is afoot. Something, something is afoot. Um, somebody said, oh, the, 
they, there's a conspiracy. I'm sure this isn't true because I don't want to get sued. But apparently, but some people think the staff are selling the B&M staff are just selling them because I said no stores seem to be getting them, and yet there's loads on eBay. And um, <laughs> it's just like I don't know. They're just the only place you seem to be able to find them is on eBay. Like even like people I know that have managed to get one were like, oh yeah, there was one left on the shelf, and I managed to pick it up. And they just seem really hard to get this this time. Um, so mm. I don't know. I think yeah. I'm not saying B&M staff are selling them online, but where are all these blimmin sets? They just don't seem to have made it onto the actual shelves. So I've been getting well cross about that. But, but seen, our friend yeah. Sammy has, has found them. This is what I find amazing. So you, you know, and also the the guys from the Doctor Who show, I think, were saying, "Oh yeah, there's loads over here <laughs> in Australia." So it seems really easy to get them abroad, but in the UK, no, nothing at all. No, <laughs> nothing at all. But yeah, imagine like. Those sets are lovely. Imagine being able to walk into FP and just have them all on the shelf. That would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be lovely, yeah. Because uh, uh, Why can't that happen? I don't understand. Yeah, it's, it must. well, the exclusivity contract with B&M, I suppose, is a... They need to lose that. ...limited factor. They really need one. to get rid of that. Yeah. It's not working. Mm-hmm. Because anyway, sometimes, yeah. if, when you go into FP in London, because I think FP licensed their own, their own line of merch alongside... Oh, sorry, with the Doctor Who license. So they'll often get things like passport holders and coasters and their own T-shirts made up and, you know, various other mm. tat. So if they could have all that, you know, with some of the BMN, B&M sets, just to flesh it out a bit, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah it would be nice. Yeah. They'd sell more as well. A bit weird, really. If you're working well, just... in the licensing thing, you'd be like, we want to make as much money as possible selling these toys. Okay, let's put them in this random supermarket in limited numbers and, and hope for the best. It's a bit of a weird strategy, really. But it's weird because they, I think they're one of the few things that are really sort of guaranteed to sell at the minute. Like those sets are really popular. So I don't, I don't quite get. I think the problem is they probably gave B&M an exclusive years ago and it did quite well. And now it's like they sort of feel like they've got to carry on with it. But they're probably thinking, because I think, I believe, uh, I'm sure I read that Toys R Us making a comeback in this country i don't know when i did read that yeah Yeah, so and they used to get some good character options Mm. exclusive so who knows maybe they'll be the new b&m which uh, would be good because presumably they'll sell them online uh dude i just got to go back to your holiday just briefly did you go to the um statue of liberty i did yes yeah so one of the things that drives my other half absolutely nuts uh, when we go on holiday is um i'm never satisfied with the photo he takes so i'll be like right get a picture of me in front of the this building where missy was he takes it no 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 you've got to get the lamppost in it let me let me line it up for you so yeah and uh, yeah driving crackers everywhere like picture in front of the volcano no 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 put me to the left of the volcano oh so we have <laughs> endless arguments anyway i'm looking through your i'm looking through your um new york photos i see a picture of nat your partner in front of the statue of liberty but it's just a picture of her in front of the wall and i'm like if you took that picture i'd be doing my nut you can't even <laughs> see the statue of liberty it's just the wall and i was thinking oh thank god but did you take that picture i did but but where's but, the statue but fear not yeah that's one of a collection of about oh, okay, eight or fine. nine pics of all different angles and but stuff I yeah. did turn to my other half said if you took that picture of me <laughs> i would be going absolutely nuts because <laughs> yeah. it could be any wall <laughs> yeah it's quite tricky to take a picture there because i'm uh, sure it is yeah because obviously she's quite tall mm. you have to sort of go all the way back towards the edge you of have the... to be doing like leaning on your back on the grass like honestly mate yeah you have to get yeah, yeah. yeah you have to get down low on that one yeah <laughs> angle it up as yeah we did get a couple and we asked somebody to take a photo of all of us 
and they cut off half of her face. So you can oh. see all the statue, then it just cuts off sort of halfway. So it's very tricky. But yeah, I did get I, I one. Re- but yeah. I'm really fussed with that. We asked the guy in a restaurant to take it. There was this, they'd got this really creepy looking mechanical Santa. I saw that on your plate. <laughs> yeah. Well, I took, we took a few selfies, but they weren't very good. And I, I asked the waiter to take one. Well, he may as well, have, he practically stood at the other end of the restaurant to take it. I'm like, no, no, come closer, <laughs> closer. And he just, he just didn't understand. So we got about 10 photos from like a mile away of us with this Santa. And I just wanted one close up shot of us. With it, so you could see its creepy face because it looked a bit like the ones from the Christmas Invasion. So I took a couple of selfies with it in the end, but yeah, I was like, I'm very fussy with photos. Mm, same. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. Facebook. Uh, sorry, picture framing snobbery is a yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Overall, it was a good trip though, dudes. Just uh, a little bit of who on the TV when I was in the room, but I couldn't find any merch to to actually pick up and bring home. So I found other I'm merch just- stuff. Found some other. Other franchisey bits to bring home, but no Doctor Who, mate. That's uh, is that Family of Blood, and then is it Blink? Is that the three? No, it's uh, Human Nature, Family of Blood. Sorry, yeah, Human Nature. Oh, sorry, yeah, you're right, yeah, Blink, and then Utopia, I think. Or there's one before that, yeah. So it was a good little run. All Belters, yeah, Yeah. thought really good because I love um, Family Blood, Human Nature, great two part that is. Oh, really good. I can hear the music in my head. Yeah. When when she's Martha's uh, watching the video of him and oh, mm-hmm. really feels, good twist the at the end as well. That's still that's still a really great way mm-hmm. that Tennant plays that when he stumbles around the ship as John, supposedly mm-hmm. his human character John Smith, and he's pushing all the buttons. But it's a bit Clark Kent, that isn't it? Yeah, it makes it look like he's fumbling around and mm-hmm. <clears throat> that switch in his face and his voice when he becomes you know goes into Doctor mode again is brilliant, really good. He's in a new thing, isn't he? I haven't watched it yet. Around the world in eighty days or something. Oh yes, yeah. He's no, in, yeah. But yeah. I haven't watched that. Got around to watching that yet. I keep seeing it advertised on TV, but uh, no. Old tenant. I'll yep. give it a go soon. Yeah. Yes. N- another one on the long list of things to watch. Yeah. As always, there's always a list. We spoke earlier, didn't we, before we recorded? You said, "Have you watched Wurzel Gummidge yet?" And I was like, "No, it's on the list. List to get through." And if it, I was going to say, I just want to quickly say that the Wurzel Gummidge this over christmas the one with bill bailey was probably one of the most beautiful pieces of television i've watched in years it's absolutely beautiful if any of you listening haven't watched it um it's just so calming and it's so it just we've said this before it reminds me of the shows we had when we were kids where they're very innocent and just a very simple story and just beautifully shot and acted and oh that that last words ago was special mate Best yeah. thing I've watched over Christmas and New Year, whenever it was on. The one with Bill Bailey. Absolutely mm. brilliant episode that was. Toffee sometimes, Apple. That's all I'm going to say. Apple, Toffee right. Apple. Wait till you see it. Beautiful. Okay. Sometimes a certain program just needs the right person to to get it, if you know what I mean. Some some people mm. just get what it's about. And Mackenzie Crook just gets oh, yeah, Wurzel. You know, he's a really it. big fan of the old stuff and mm. appreciates all that stuff. So every now and then a little gem comes along like that where someone just gets how it should be made and how, how it should be written and stuff. So I remember the previous ones I watched the, the, the two before that or three before that just be, yeah, like you said, dude, just beautiful stuff. And it just, and the music lovely. as well, because mm. we talk about the music in Doctor Who and the music in the words or by the unthanks it's, it's again, it's, everything's come together, isn't it? It just all gels beautifully. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, we'll save that for the Wurzel podcast. We're going to do on on the list on Wurzel the list podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's always a list. Yeah, 
So that's what we have been up to. And um, I will say once again, I, I do hope that you've, you're all keeping well and, and keeping safe. And and welcome back to 2022. So for review in this week, dude, what we got? Yeah, so it's the festive Doctor Who special and it's called Eve of the Daleks. Happy nearly new year. Hiya, Nick. Here we are again. Here we are again. Anyone else got a proper deja vu? We're stuck in a time loop with killer robots. Yeah, that makes sense. Does it? It will kill everything not within its own image. Shoot. Should old acquaintance be forgot? <laughs> Time loops. Time loops. Yep. Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day, indeedy. So either the Daleks, obviously, don't need to tell you, this went out on the 1st of Jan, 2022, approximately a week ago now. Uh, it ran for about an hour. It was written by the Chibinator, directed by Annetta Laufer, uh, star Jodie Whittaker, Mandip and John, and a teeny, teeny little supporting cast uh, for this one. Synopsis is 10 minutes until midnight and the dawning of 2022. With the Doctor's TARDIS out of action, the Doctor, Yaz and Dan are forced to wait in an ordinary self-storage facility with only one customer. However, Dalek executioners are on the hunt and a time loop forces the trapped allies to keep reliving the dying minutes of 2021. What's gone wrong with the time... Sorry, what has gone wrong with time? What do the Daleks want? As New Year's Day ticks ever closer, the Doctor's tactics will be pushed to the limit to break the loop and dodge extermination on a night where old acquaintances can't be forgot. Mm. Old spelt A-U-L-D. As in <laughs> old langs. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yes. Right then, dude. The first of a few specials to see to see off Jody now that the flux has all been and gone and that was all wrapped up in a nice convenient little bow. What do you reckon to uh, Eve of the Daleks then? Yeah, we got a little mention of flux, didn't we, at the beginning, which mm. is like trying to sort out the TARDIS. It was kind of like, felt like it was just finishing up that that little storyline. Um, oh, did you know, mate, I was in such a foul mood on the New Year's Day when I watched this. Foul. Oh. I was ultra critical <laughs> I was I absolutely was just hating on everything when I watched this on these day, and I wasn't hungover either because I because I've been ill. I wasn't I didn't even drink the night before, which so I must be ill. Um, but now I watched it and I was just criticising it left, right, and centre. But and I was so bored by it. it was, I was just like could not wait for it to end. Um, I, I just I think because I'm not a fan, I don't like stories that keep looping. I mean, a lot of people love heaven sent don't they I, i'm not a fan of that story either i, I never get the inclination to rewatch it so this one is looping around and it's kind of exactly what i thought it was going to be like even from the trailers it was just the exact story i was expecting um the daleks have got this really cool looking gun but can't seem to shoot anybody uh <laughs> it's just honestly every everything about it i was just like oh this is awful oh here we go again they've looped and oh uh, yeah i was just just wasn't enjoying it at all um but i a lot of that was down to my mood i have to admit i don't know why i was in a bad mood but i was and i didn't enjoy it and it ended and i was like well that was awful that was just just an, an hour wasted and um and uh, my other half didn't see it at the time and so I said to him last night, I said, right, I need to watch that Doctor Who again because I've got to make some notes and you haven't seen it, so let's let's put it on. 
And uh, we watched it together, and I thought this would be a good indication to see. I use him as the casual viewer. Let's see if how long it holds his attention. Because the thing was, it didn't hold my attention at all on a first watch. I, I really, I lost interest almost immediately that they started looping around. And um, I watched it again last night, and uh, I, thank goodness I was in a better mood, and I, I did enjoy it a lot more. And I, I would put it as a very mediocre episode. I, I, I certainly the things that annoyed me when I first watched it. Um, well, to be honest with you, I was being a little bit too overcritical. It really isn't that bad. It's a, it's a, a very sort of mediocre average story with the Daleks. It, it feels like it's, I wouldn't say filler, but it feels like it was just, the, you know, a special to tide over to finish up the sort of flux story, if you like. And um, the Daleks, you know, uh, kind of getting a bit boring now, but they, the, the, they worked quite well in terms of the story. I like the fact that, each time the loop closes that we lose a minute of time. I thought that was a good little concept. Um, I didn't mind the supporting characters. Um, what were they called? Nick and Sarah. Mm-hmm. See, on the first watch, Sarah was driving me mad. I was like, oh, will she ever shut up? I was like, yeah. But the second watch, I was like, no, no, actually, these two are quite sweet. Nick's a bit creepy, though, with all his keeping his ex-girlfriend's belongings. I still don't get that at all. Um, but yeah, it, it's okay. I, I I didn't love it. I didn't didn't hate it. I just thought it's a very mediocre episode of Doctor Who, um, with a cool little concept. Uh, not exactly original, but um, I think it was sort of um, it worked enough to make it an enjoyable watch. But uh, yeah, not one I would go back to very often. But it was okay. It was all right. It was okay. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I can't. As, as I said, I can't really. You know, I did. did I, I, didn't love it and I was when I saw the reaction online afterwards on Twitter of people saying it was brilliant I was just couldn't get my head around what people were were loving about it I still don't really get that um but I can see why people enjoyed it and my other half for the most part enjoyed it I said to him afterwards what would you rate that I said I've written a number down what would you rate it he said I'd give it a six I said oh I've just given him a score away (laughs) (laughs) oh it doesn't matter and that's exactly what I've given it Okay, <laughs> so it's a very middle of the road ep, I think. Middle, but, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But it had some nice moments. I thought it did have some nice moments. Yeah, I kind of agree with you, dude. I'm, I'm kind of the first time I watched it, and I didn't watch it live when it went out because I forgot to be honest with you. So about an hour <laughs> afterwards, um, fired up the skybox and watched it, and uh, and my initial thought was, uh, it was mostly pretty cool. I, I thought it was a pretty good, a good story. Mm. it's certainly uh it's certainly better than i would say the three or four episodes of of flux series 13 Mm. Uh, it just had a really nice kind of uh isolated little it did reference a couple of little bits in in there but that was a carryover from from series 13 but it for the most part it was a nice little uh sort of isolated uh new year's it was it was nice new year's day on the sofa viewing for me Mm. I found it quite cool. It wasn't, um, I, I wouldn't say it's, uh, what's the best way to put it? I think when I went into it, my expectations were very low for two reasons. One, there's not a great track record with Doctor Who and Christmas slash festive specials anyway. The, typically, they aren't that great, are they? So I thought this is probably not going to be a, you know, a, a BAFTA winning bit of television. Not that I wanted it to be anyway, but uh, and then secondly, I thought off the back of series thirteen, where we were all feeling a little bit deflated. I think I was just like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm not hoping for anything amazing anyway. So I wasn't doom and gloom, but I was just my expectations were like, you know, 
I wasn't, you know, sat cross-legged rocking in front of the TV minutes <laughs> before it was going on thinking it's going to no. be amazing. It wasn't like that. So, but it was, a. Uh, I did find it a little bit, It like I said, it was good, but I found it a little bit, um, uh, I'm not sure if it was the direction or the editing or something, but I just wanted to sort of move it forward a bit mm. a bit quicker and just get cracking because I think they tried to build some anticipation and get the story moving with this whole, with every reset, there's a minute that gets knocked off the timer and it's counting down and down and down and, you know, the climax at the end. But I just felt like it was interspersed with these little conversations that were okay, but they were just fruit, they were just not important to the story at all. So there'd be there'd be in in some storage unit and uh and the character is it nick isn't it the the character yeah yeah. he'd do this kind of like weird smile thing and point to something on the shelf and they'd all have a look and talk and he'd be like yeah and then there'd be like this weird moment where they were talking about this random thing it has no impact on the story i think i i I'm guessing it's just to do a bit of character building so that you can mm. find out a little bit more about these characters and then they'd be on to something and a Dalek would show up and blah, blah, blah. And uh, so I found it was like, right, okay, we could do without these bits. Let's just get the Daleks in this more because the although they can't shoot for Toffee, they were kind of threatening to a degree. They seemed extremely confident that, you know, they were, they detected this, time loop that the TARDIS had created and they use, they're using it to their advantage. You know, the countdown clock to the doctor's execution was, it was cool and they were very confident, but uh, I guess it's a double-edged sword in, on one way. You've got to kind of repeat yourself over and over again. That's the whole point of the story. But yeah. on the other hand, they just, you know, I felt like we needed more screen time with the Daleks, especially with this. Um, I don't know. They just seemed really badass in this one. They just not taking any, any beep and mm. they've got the cool new weapon and stuff and it was good so it, uh, overall I, I did enjoy it I did think it was a good thing but yeah there was just I think it's just I think it's just done with Chibnall mate with, with uh, sorry yeah with um with him writing for who and stuff I think I'm just done with him like just can't expect anything amazing from him it's just always sort of 80% yeah yeah, I mean, I, I hate to say that, but I, I kind of agree with you because I think that's why I was in such a bad mood when it aired, because I kind of, I, I, I think I've still got a little bit of hangover from flux and my disappointment. So I was all, I was sort of already in a, in a sort of a, uh, a bad mood towards the episode before it even aired. If you know what I mean, I was thinking, and it does come back to that of, of my expectations from Chibnall. I was thinking, oh, here we go. What rubbish we're going to get served up with today, which is completely the wrong attitude to go in to an episode with, but that's where I was. And I, and I think because of, you know, of how I felt at the end of flux, I was already down on this episode before it started. I think that's the thing. I went into it like, come on then, what are we going to get? Oh, yes, she stepped out the TARDIS, waving the Sonic, of course. Tick, Sonic waving. Uh, Dan and Jazz standing behind the Doctor looking bored. Tick. Dalek's got a great new gun, can't shoot anything, anybody. Tick. I was just <laughs> like, so I was really sort of down on it. And I think it is because of that. My whole feeling towards who at the moment is I've just got myself in this attitude of I'm just sort of... Um, I suppose for one of a better word, a bit done with this era. I'm like, oh, what's, you know, it's almost a slog to watch it, which isn't where I want to be with Doctor Who. I shouldn't be going into an episode 
with that baggage and should be going in thinking, right, Daleks are back. What have we got? New Year's special, you know. So I think that's half the problem I had when I first watched this is I've sort of gone into it already in a negative mindset because of mm-hmm. expectations. Whereas I think on the second watch, I kind of just um, eased up a bit, you know, just kind of like, come on, it wasn't that bad. Let's let's give it another go. And uh, and as I said, there is some really nice moments in it. And actually, although uh, Jodie often irritates me in her performance, I thought she actually worked quite well in this in this episode. She mm-hmm. seemed to be sort of flitting around, and she still had the odd quirky moment, the odd cringe moment. But I thought she was actually she did work pretty well in in this story. Um, there were some nice moments with Dan. I mean, I was worried about Dan because there were scenes where he looked terribly bored <laughs> towards the beginning. I was worried that him and Yaz were just going to be <laughs> stood in the background for a while because they were just chasing around the Doctor um, through the corridors to begin with. But then as the episode went on, Dan got this little moment with the Dalek where he you know, had a sort of one-to-one with it, which was, if you don't think too hard about that scene, kind of a, co- a cool scene for him. But the way he managed to avoid the Daleks' gun was a bit stupid. But you know what I mean? It was a good moment in, in, if him. you didn't sort of yeah. think too, yeah, too hard about it. And, uh, and obviously Yaz, um, she didn't really get a lot to do in this episode, apart from obviously the big love reveal at the end, which we'll come on to. Um, so that was kind of her moment. Um, and I think, again, Dan kind of spoiled, uh kind of stole that moment anyway, because it was a lovely scene for Dan when he was talking to Yaz, just saying, come on admit your feelings sort of thing, you know, so it was a nice scene for him, but also for Yaz. Um, but yeah, so as I said, once I'd got my mind to, to, to just watch it as, a, as an episode rather than sort of this downer that I've got on dot two at the moment, that it's just not really firing on all cylinders. It's, you know, it's that kind of almost like a chore to be watching it, which it shouldn't be, you know, it's mm. like, I, 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 part of me didn't even really want to watch this on the Tuesday. That's the weird thing. That's what I can't get my head around. I've got to the point now when I don't know why I'm watching Doctor Who anymore because I'm clearly not. I'm, I'm watching it in name only, really, aren't I? I mean, do you know what I mean? I, if yeah, it wasn't yeah. Doctor Who, I would not be watching that on the Tuesday. I just wouldn't. It wouldn't even go on. Mm-hmm. But because it's Doctor Who, it's like I'm forced to say, right, Doctor Who's on. Come on, sit down and watch it. And I'm thinking, this is re- when did this happen? I used to love. <laughs> You know, Doctor Who is the show that I love. Why am I sort of having to force myself to watch this? And yeah, anyway, once I got out of that mindset, mate, and just got rid of all that baggage and just sat and watched it and enjoyed it, um, there, there was some good stuff to to take from this episode for sure. It really wasn't as bad as I'd sort yeah, of built it yeah. up in my head to be. Yeah, not perfect. I think that's the thing if you don't judge it by, you know, what we've had before, stories that we love, like we were talking about earlier, the human nature family blood i mean i still get such a warm glow just thinking about how much i love those stories that feeling does not apply to this era for me but um there's still nice nice stuff to take away from it which is what i'm trying to remind myself if you know what i mean it's like stop stop being on such a downer just enjoy (laughs) it no of course stop stop like being ultra critical i pick up on everything now (laughs) especially the sonic i mean the sonic is driving me nuts i really i wanted to reach through my screen and grab that sonic and then and just snap it in half uh, during this episode. It is driving me mad the way she keeps waving it around and looking at it and taking readings from it when there's no screen or any sort of reading counter on the Sonic. It's just, it's, oh. but yeah, as I said, I'm trying <laughs> to just, just don't get hung up on this stuff and just enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of us can relate to that, buddy. Mm. You're not alone at all with that. I think, um, 
Yeah, and the other thing is, I'd like to have. I, I, it's always a, a weird one with the Chris. The going to say Christmas with the festive specials now. In that, like I said, I I liked it that it was an, an isolated story that you could just enjoy yeah. as a one-off. But at the same time, I think it would have been cool to leave a little wee bit of a something to carry over to to Jody's next special, which looks like that's going to be an isolated one as well. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things with the the storytelling method, like with this Groundhog Day reset time loop thing, is that we knew that each loop was getting smaller and smaller in terms of time. So it was going to climax with something. But because we know that Jody and... um. John and Mandip are all back for the next special. We it was just an expected. Yeah, the Daleks are going to be defeated. We knew that before the episode even was like halfway through. So there was no. It would have been cool to have thrown a curveball in there at the end. Is for me that would have been great. Where, mm. it, it, like everyone guessing, like so is is Dan dead? Did did they get him? There, there was nothing at the end that made me think <clears throat> when's the next special because i really want to find out like did was yaz killed you know before she could tell the doctor that she loved her was she killed are they mm. there was just nothing like that so the expectancy of well obviously the daleks are going to be defeated that that's it so it was that was the other thing as well i, I quite like this whole uh, repeating time loop Groundhog Day thing as a storytelling mechanism. It's quite cool. But I think for this in such a short space of time, even though the the runtime was pretty much an hour, um, it, it was just a very much a predictable um, end, uh, which is a bit of a waste of, of, of Daleks, really. Um, mm. So, but what did you think to that mechanism of then the whole groundhog day thing do you reckon it was used pretty well here or because i found it just a bit predictable and a bit like i would i would have much rather they instead of just leaving the climax right up until the last five minutes which we knew was going to happen anyway do that about two thirds in and then the final third is like actually beep that building coming down hasn't killed all the daleks as one left you know and how do they sort that out sort of thing so yeah what do you think to that story style yeah, I mean, as I said earlier, I'm not a fan of um, like Groundhog Day type, loop, you know, time loop stories. It just because I, I just I get bored so quickly when things keep repeating and they're, they're just trying to work out, you know, what they did the last time to improve the second time. It's like, oh, I just find it tedious. And and um, the thing is, it, it did work OK, but I thought it started to run out of steam, you know, fairly sort of middle of the about the middle of the episode i was like oh come on wrap up now let's 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 just get down to the last minute and have a bit of tension and and stuff so yeah i'm but i'm just not really a fan of time loop stories and stuff like that i mean i love the film groundhog day funny enough but um yeah it, it, the, the thing is the problem with a time loop is that you it's quite quite restricting like you said you kind of know that it's got to go a certain way otherwise they're all going to die, which is not going to happen. So it can only really, every time they loop, uh, be that they defeat the Daleks. It's only going to sort of go in one direction. So yeah. again, it's a it's a bit of a restricting format to put on a on an episode. I think having a time yeah. loop. Yes. And what do you think to the Daleks in this one then? Because it's another it's another variant of Dalek that we haven't seen. 
I don't think we've have we seen these on screen before. I'm pretty sure these no, are from like so. a big finish story and a couple of comics and stuff. But what did you think to these guys? I mean, the weapons upgrade was kind of cool. It looked great. Yeah, yeah. like I said, they did seem kind of badass. You know, they were this very determined. I know Daleks are like that anyway, but these guys seem very determined and very confident that when the time loops had run out and it was coming to the end, they were pretty much assured that the Doctor's Doctor's end was coming. These guys did seem pretty good. Yeah, and it was a great opening to the episode when they shot everybody, you know, before the credits rolled. You know, it ended with the Doctor, Dan and uh, Yaz being exterminated. I thought that was a great intro. Um, but no, they, they looked great, and I love the new gun design. I mean, as I said, another problem from the Jim and the Weir is that none of the monsters can seem to aim or shoot anybody. I mean, it was just ridiculous when they were running away from it and the things firing off rounds and rounds of bullets and not hitting any of them. I mean, it's just ludicrous, but... But they looked great. Um, I mean, Nick Briggs does a great Dalek voice. There's no doubt about it. He's, he is superb at the Daleks. But my God, what I would love to hear is if they just got somebody else in as well. So not not to replace him, but let's have a v- variety of Dalek voices like we used to get mm-hmm. in, in Doctor Who. Because the problem is, and it's not Nick's fault, but I can only hear Nick Briggs when he's doing the Dalek now, I just, I just see him behind the mic doing the voice. And I just would love it if they just got somebody else in as well to sort of mix it up a bit and give us a bit more variety because he, I know he's using different modulations and he does sound a bit different. And there was the other Dalek that the voice was a bit deeper, but it still to me sounds like Nick Briggs, you know? <laughs> so I, I just wish they'd, they would mix it up a bit. Same yeah. with the painting on the Daleks. I, We've seen fan versions of that design, which is a fantastic design. This this gold one that Russell, I think, mm-hmm. brought in. Yeah, it's it's a brilliant Dalek design. But I'd love it if they just, you know, imagine if they were silver with blue bumps. But that design, just make them look different and make them sound a bit different. Don't just stick a different gun on it. And I and mm. I think you'd have something really. It would just add an extra something to we the episode. To be, uh... Imagine if. Have to be careful with that a little bit. Remember, they did that in Matt's era. We ended up looking like, yeah, but that's what I mean. Shiny Don't pepper pots. Design. <laughs> no, keep the design. Just change the color of them, like yeah. um, black with gold Dalek balls. You know, I don't know anything. Just rose to make gold. you go, you, well, <laughs> rose gold. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but they, they did look cool, and uh, they did have. Apart from the fact they couldn't shoot anybody, they did have um, a good threat level. I thought, especially when they were appearing in different locations where they weren't before. So there's the bit where Sarah appears behind her at one point and it was, but it wasn't there in the other loop. So it's like, Oh, oh my God, the Daleks behind her. So that it was cool the way that they, uh, appeared like that. Yeah. So they had a bit of threat to them, which was good. Yeah. And I think anyone that missed or haven't, uh, or hasn't listened to any of the big finish stuff a couple of years ago, I think it was December, November or December, 2020 must be now, uh, the time Lord victorious run that they did with Paul McGann, Mm-hmm. There's a yeah. story called Mutually Assured Destruction. And that's about the Doctor trapped on a on a ship with these Daleks. And uh, apparently that's very good. So. Yeah, I did listen to it. I can't remember. I think, it was, I think I enjoyed it. I can't remember it, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was, so it was good, it was good that they, they drafted in some Daleks that we haven't seen typically before on screen. It was, it was mm. kind of cool. Uh, that was good. Uh, what do you think to, let's talk characters then, so the supporting characters first. Mm. Sarah and Nick, so Ashling B and Ajani Salmon. So I found them uh, chalk and cheese. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think it's the best thing. I'm not, I don't mean them two together. I mean individually. I found them because I think that sometimes Ashling B. She's don't get me wrong. She's a she's a great actress. I think she's really really good. And I think it, she's. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't say that she's left behind a sort of stand up comedy roots or anything like that but she's certainly doing a lot more acting these days rather than stand-up comedy but she's great at both and I think she's really good but there was just a couple of times where she was just really shouty and yeah um, really shouty and uh forceful and stuff like that and uh we'll come on to Jodie in a, in a in a minute but I don't I don't mean to be too negative to Jodie but whenever Jodie is on screen with another female character like this and we had it with um joe martin's doctor it really highlights how uh lackluster jody is when she's put on screen with another woman like this because it, really the 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 energy that ashling b's giving off and the you know that really should be what jody's giving off as the lead i don't, don't want to get into that too much but mm. um but i found ashling b very strong and really 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 good she's just a bit shouty at times and a little bit uh a, bit, a little bit whiny but otherwise she's pretty good and then ajani salmon i thought he was he was a kind of a funny guy it was he was playing it uh exactly scripted i think he was quite cool but it was just weird the way his character was written he was just this kind of strange stalkery weird sort of yeah. thing and i i didn't i i think i'm not sure if they wrote that to be intentionally weird for weird sake but i couldn't link that to anything else with his character or anything else in the story it was just a guy that keeps all of his ex-girlfriend's possessions in a storage unit and now he's turning up every year to see sarah in a kind of stalkery way but he's still a good guy and she goes on holiday with him and everything's fine even though he's completely weird and so i'm trying to get my head around is there a reason he was character was written that way but after two viewings, I can't link that to anything at all. It's a bit random, but his performance was kind of cool. It was a bit quirky, a bit cool, but yeah, just a bit of a strange character thing. <laughs> it was a, it was a very strange characterization, wasn't it? Very weird thing mm. to to do. Uh, that's just so typical of Chibnall, though. He does he does stuff like that. It's just I don't know. It is weird. It, it just sometimes makes me think, what is going on in his mind? Like. Yeah, because it was <laughs> creepy the way that Dan was keeping all these mementos of ex-girlfriends. Nick. And uh, what did I say, Dan? Oh, not Dan. Sorry, Dan. Sorry, <laughs> not Dan. Dan. Well, he probably is as well. Uh, yeah, so um, not Dan, Nick. But uh, yeah, it was just very, very a creepy thing to to write, and um, I think it was purely there because they because Chibnall wanted to put in the line about loving a complete weirdo, whatever it is, which obviously then Yaz picks up on about the Doctor. So I, I kind of felt it was just that was the whole reason for the the stalkers thing was to say, oh, he's a bit of a weirdo, but he's a lovely, he's a, a lovely weirdo or whatever they, however they phrased it. And so <laughs> yeah. you look at the doctor and think, oh, she's a weirdo as well. And she's lovely. And it was just to make that comparison, I think, but very odd. I mean, yeah, I would run a mile, I think. <laughs> if it was me i'd be like yeah. anyway nick you you carry on cataloging your stuff we're just gonna be outside and <laughs> i'd leave him to it I'll, I'll probably walk away from him but it was apart from that it was quite a nice performance from him i thought it's very sweet at the start i thought when sarah's like oh he's been practicing that line or something and he looks really hurt he's like mm. yeah i thought you know those moments <laughs> were quite nice but 
Yeah, the ex-girlfriend stalkery thing. Weird. Yeah, because it was kind of sweet in a way. This he obviously got a, a, a thing for Sarah, so yeah, that's that. Why he leaves it a year before turning up at this place to to see her is kind of weird as well. It's like pretty sure that place is open th- throughout the year, buddy. Not sure why you have to wait New Year's <laughs> Eve every year to go and. But that's no. strange still. But yeah, not not a bad. Don't get me wrong. Great performances from those two. Just characterization a bit weird and yeah and Sarah she was uh, she was strong she was good but mm. I was, there were a couple of scenes where I was like oh shut up just See, I was gonna say it. I liked yeah. it but there were a couple of scenes she was borderline just getting a bit annoying as well what do you reckon to her mum on the phone Mrs Doyle Mrs Doyle <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, reduced to a phone cameo I mean uh, what's the actor's name uh, she's obviously not Mrs Doyle but is it Pauline, she gets- Pauline McClinn I think so. Apparently, yeah. she gets very dismissed. She because she's known primarily for being Mrs. Doyle in Father Ted. Apparently, she doesn't like to be reminded of that. So, uh, if you ever see her on the street, don't go up to her and say, "Ah, cup of tea, Mrs. Doyle," because she probably won't appreciate it. Um, but uh, um, yeah, I mean, she was good casting for the mum, and it was quite funny. You know, the scenes when that she she was getting cross with her on the phone, but. Um, yeah, good to see her in it. I, I thought she might be in it more. I didn't think she was just going to be on a phone screen. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a cool little little cameo rather than anything, was it? I think her character was Mary. I think, yeah, let's chibbers late one night. I need to think of an Irish woman's name. Yeah, <laughs> Mary. Let's just go with it. Yeah. So, yeah, she was cool, but just a bit of a, uh, a cameo, and um, that's a lot to rely on as well. You know the the. The, the thing throughout the story was that her mum never calls her just before mid, uh, midnight with 10 seconds to go. She always yeah. calls her like an hour or half an hour before. So that's a lot to to put every, to put the plan and everything to destroy these Daleks on her mum calling her phone when she never does. That's a, that's a big thing. So that was kind of cool because you thought, is her mum going to screw this all up? Or is her mum actually going to ring her phone when she needs to and do it? So she ultimately did it, which is kind of cool. But she was quite funny, though. The banter between them two was quite funny. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I suppose, the whole line about the phones will be engaged. I thought, <laughs> well, yeah, that is, that, was, you know, that is the sort of thing you say, isn't it? Um, yeah, no, she, she was all right, I yeah. suppose. Let's talk about, before we get on to Jody. let's talk about John Bishop and Mandip Gill. So they had a really nice scene together. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't get me wrong, I'm not too into the whole subject matter because no. I found it a little bit too too little too late with this whole thing mm-hmm. and really for me that's that highlights and listener I'm sorry to to do this I hate comparing things as you know but I think in this case it's valid I think this sometimes you know when you've watched the same characters being written by the same person on screen for quite a while you do sometimes get to see uh, um I wouldn't say shortfalls, but sometimes it highlights to you just how, you know, someone's missed the mark, in my opinion, for this sort of thing. Mm. So I hate comparing, and I know I do this, and we always gush over Russell T. Davis, but when Russell T. Davis sets out to do something, he does it properly. Mm. You know, he doesn't hold back with things, and that's why he's such a successful writer, because if there's a subject matter, it doesn't matter what it is, it could be some ridiculous sci-fi thing that's just in his head that's kind of cool. Or it could be, you know, a modern-day political socialist thing about, you know, sexuality and homosexuality. You know, if anything that he wants to write about, he just 
he's just all in and just does it mm. properly. And that highlights the difference here with Chris. Chibbers has been writing this kind of will they, won't they, up and down thing since Gaz and the Doctor have been travelling together, pretty much. So every sort of four or five episodes that go through, since series 12 or series 11, whatever, you and I have said, oh, there was that scene where they looked at each other longingly, but mm. nothing happened. Are they sharing a bed? Probably not, but we don't know. All that thing. Now he's left it right up until the end, right until the end. And it's like, it takes Dan, who's been here for five minutes, to try and sort it out. And in a way, <laughs> that's kind of really what the viewer is trying to project you know through the universe you know through the tv it's like why is it taking you this bloody long and i i, I do yeah. get it i get the whole you know she's kind of fine you know yaz is kind of finding herself a little bit she's mm. got these feelings that she didn't really you know all that stuff um but the thing is how are we going to explore that now with two episodes to go how, how are we how are we is it going to be one of those, yep, they go off into the sunset together happily and they press the reset button and then you do new doctor turns up? Mm. Or is it a case of, well, you missed your window, which is, I suspect, exactly what it's going to be. So this whole thing yeah. about the companion falling in love with the doctor, we've been down this road before. It always ends with a little bit of a, yeah, you know, with Tennant and Ro- um, the 10th Doctor and Rose on the beach. I love you. And this then he's one last chance to say it. Yeah, and then he buggers off. Mm. Obviously, you know, ironically talking the time loops jibbers has been watching that on a loop he's like oh, okay i'll probably do that with the doctor and yaz at the end and that'll be i'll end on a on a high slash part strings pull and stuff but uh, i found the scene sorry go back to the scene with dan and yaz i found that really nice and you could see john bishop plays that really well he's got he that he, he kind of acts with his face really well which is good i like that which is very cool so he does this thing where he's looking over at her and he's got his grin on his face he's like I don't know word for word, but he's essentially saying, look, it, it's apparent to anyone with a pair of eyes that you like her and, you know, you two like it. Just go and tell her just how you feel. And it was a nice scene where Yaz opens up a little bit. And then later on in the TARDIS, uh, is it in a TARDIS? I can't remember where she's saying to the doctor, uh, sorry, Dan's saying to the doctor, you know, she likes you. Mm. And the doctor pretends he doesn't know what he's talking about. It's just shivers, just effing right. The bloody scripts that we want to hear we want to see is the doctor into yaz yes or no if she's not sorry see you later if they are great let's crack on it's this i wouldn't mind if they had this halfway through series 12 Mm. it would be great because then we could have you know some some chemistry and some stuff going on but when you've left it until the end they're walking out the door in two episodes where do we where do we go mate so what do you think well first of all sorry john bishop great performance just not much of him a little bit bored Mandip, very good as usual. Really good scene with Dan. But then the whole love thing that he clocks on with, you know, the Doctor and stuff. It's just a bit of a missed opportunity, dude. It, it does, I mean, it does feel a bit of an afterthought, doesn't it? it, it Chibbers has really sort of pussyfooted around this whole subject matter. And now it's finally, he's sort of gone there and done it. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel it's only been thrown in to make her regeneration more um, emotional. I, I feel that's where it's going. It's going to be that... Uh, like you said, the tenant on the beach moment of uh, it's all coming to an end. And if I've got one last chance to tell you, Yaz, oh, I've regenerated. Um, so <laughs> into, <laughs> it does feel a bit of an afterthought, but I, I, I liked the scene. I, I particularly, as when, I liked the scene with Dan and Yaz where he said, you know, 
you like it, don't you? And all that stuff. But more than that, I liked the scene with Dan and the Doctor where she dismissed it, but he called her up on it. He's like, come on, you pretend you don't know, but you do. And I felt like we needed Dan around when she was dismissing Graham's cancer. And she was saying like, oh, I I don't know. I don't know how to respond. We needed Dan to say, yes, you do. Come on, Mm -hmm. stop pretending. Uh, So I liked that. I liked the fact that Dan called the doctor out on it. Um, Where it goes, I don't know. I mean, we've got two specials left. I assume we'll be exploring this more in the next episode. But I don't know how I feel about it, really, because I'm not a fan of, you know, this whole modern thing in Doctor Who where every companion has to fancy the Doctor. That's why it was so refreshing when Donna come on board and was the absolute opposite of, you're not mating with me, Spaceman. You know, it was was just so refreshing. Um, So the fact they're going down that road again. And also, it's just so weird when you think about it because Yaz is like 20-something and the Doctor's like a 1,000 years old. You know, it's just... She may look like a a 20-something human, but she's actually not. She's a thousand-year-old alien, so it takes. Oh, well, is she? Is she? Well, okay. Well, either way, it's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it, it, it just uh, for me, I'd rather it wasn't there. But you know, well, we said this with a couple of things to do with Chibnall. We've thrown the grenade in. For goodness' sake, just you know, have some conviction with it and and do it properly instead of just oh i'm gonna dangle the watch in front of you but i'm gonna drop in the middle of Tardis and i'm not gonna do anything with it oh well what was the point of dangling it there in the first place just you know have some conviction to your your ideas if that's what you want to do so i don't know but i'm sure it's there just to make the regeneration more emotional mate i'm sure that's the whole reason for it i think so yeah i think it's it's for that i don't think we've seen the last of this fob watch and I'm hoping, because there was this thing, wasn't there, that was it on the socials or in a news article, I can't remember, about three or four days ago where Russell had mentioned on something, I don't know what it was, that he's already written a ton of stuff for when yeah, he comes yeah. back. I would imagine that he's probably made a list of all of this crap and he's just like, that's gone, that's gone, that's <laughs> gone. So um, he's probably, when he's spoken to Chibbers, which I'm sure they have done, He's probably like, whatever you do, please don't leave me with this sodding watch and please don't leave yeah, me to yeah. have to deal with this and that. So fingers crossed for all of our sakes, including Russell's, I'm hoping that she opens the fob watch, something happens, some typical Chibnall thing. Oh, I've, you know, the TARDIS is collapsing all around us because this thing and, oh, I was the timeless child, but I'm cool with it now. Yes, do you want to go and get a... Yeah, cool. Let's go and get a drink. Yeah, lovely. Dan, we'll see you later. All right. And then, yeah. Cool. Well, that's that done then. See you later, yeah. Chip. Do you know what I mean? Let's just tidy those things up. See you later. I, 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 I'd hate to think... <laughs> I'd hate for Russell to be like, how the hell am I going to deal with this? He has got... I was going to say, it'd be very interesting to see how much does get tied up over the next two episodes. Talking of the TARDIS <laughs> reset, and um and all that what well, that was a nice effect um cloister bell yeah you know when they at the very beginning where they they, they had seven seconds to get out of the tardis and it was all sort of twisting in on mm. itself and lovely effect that and uh and the, and the whole console being destroyed as well i mean that 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 horrible tardis set um, exploding <laughs> in front of my eyes was a visual treat it's just a shame that i had to laugh where, where she goes back in at the end and she's like oh my god it's so much better than before. And I was thinking it looks the bloody same. It it's looks exactly still looks hideous. Yeah. 
Um, oh, it was a it was a good opportunity to get rid of that horrible set. Obviously, they're not going to do that at this late stage, but that feels like the sort of thing we were going to get in the last episode, doesn't it? Where the whole TARDIS interior mm. blows up and we get a new one. But yeah, but that was a cool, that was a nice start, wasn't it? When it all imploded in on itself, a really nice effect. That because the rest of the episode looked pretty cheap. Let's be honest, this is clearly the budget covid lockdown episode there's absolutely no doubt about that it's uh, it's all set in that dirty old grungy warehouse and yeah, yeah. a couple of outside shots but that was about it wasn't it, it was at the end yeah, when the fireworks are going the budget one. Yeah. i mean you compare the style of this this episode to the previous ones it, it yeah it was a bit grungy which is not a bad thing i mean it makes it a bit different but um it was clear to see that this was the the budget ep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All the sure. money had been thrown at Flux, and this was sort of the leftover filmed in a in a Bristol, uh, although it's supposed to be Manchester, wasn't it? Um, warehouse. The whole episode, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So just to yeah close out Dan and Yaz for this one, then. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the whole romance love interesting with the Doctor and the companions a little bit. Some people don't mind it, I think, but yeah. And you're absolutely right, dude. It's that was something that was in, in my head a lot. Watching that scene with Dan and Yaz, and then and Dan and the Doctor later was it was so. And I remember when Dan was first, when John Bishop was first announced, and we mm. watched the first episode of Flux, and we, I remember saying in our review that Dan is a lot like Donna in in terms of a companion. He's got that no nonsense. Certainly not going to start falling over fancying the doctor and you know he's just mm. got that and uh and I, I had that in my head quite a lot i was thinking crikey you know we wouldn't have all this rubbish you know if donna was <laughs> around you know if it was the dynamic wouldn't work i think if we had dan and donna together no, maybe it no. would but they're too you know they're too similar but in some respects but yeah this whole love interest thing i don't know where they're going to go with it what chivers is going to do but yeah but the performances were pretty good let's talk about jody Talk mm-hmm. about Jodie, because you said earlier that you actually thought she was pretty good in this one. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but she didn't annoy me. <laughs> <I think that's laughs> oh, God. Like, that's the thing. I think if, if Jodie, if I get for an episode where Jodie hasn't irritated me, then it's good. And she didn't irritate me at all, actually, to be fair, in this episode. Um, I, th- I thought she was fine. I mean, they, they gave her, what did you think of the motivational speech that she suddenly, randomly come out with <laughs> towards the end where she's like, you know, we if we work together and 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 uh, each we fail, but we pick ourselves up. And I think, God, they they really do keep trying to give her her moment, don't they? They keep giving her these speeches, thinking this is it, this is a doctor moment. <laughs> uh, I I found that speech a bit cheesy, to be honest. I was just like, oh, it, it, it was a bit cringy. But but no, I let me let me not go down that route because as I said, she was fine. I she there were no surprises. She was Jodie playing the Thirty Doctor the way she's done it from the very beginning, um, but I have no complaints about her in this episode. She just, yeah, she just was the Doctor there, but mm-hmm. nothing amazing. But she wasn't bad either. She just, yeah, I think she just carried the episode along quite nicely. I, I tend to agree, dude. I think she is. Um, I think at this point in the game, I think you'd know exactly what you're going to get with Jodie. Yeah, yeah, there's no. Yeah, yeah, there's no surprise big moments coming from her i'm afraid but you know that speech though what did you think did it um, motivate you did it make you sit up and think she's right the doctor's right <laughs> i have fallen but i will get up and you know it, it was a bit on the money wasn't it a little bit yeah we've had this before though mate mm-hmm. with chibbers writing this crap it's been like yeah 
<laughs> you know, if you all recycle, the planet will survive and everything will be fine. You've just got to put the... It, it's a bit Turn like... the camera left, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit like the old cartoons from the 80s when mm. He-Man says, you know, you've got to make sure you keep your friends around because your friends are the ones that will have your back when, you know, is that kind of vibe. Mm. It's like, you know, it's a bit preachy, I find. They, they, they should watch Wurzel, mate. If there's a couple of lovely little messages in the new Wurzel, but funny enough, they're kind of written into the story. They weren't <laughs> just sledged, hammered. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird, isn't it? I mean, we're being very critical, mm. uh, especially of Chibbers. But I think at this point in the game, dude, I think um, he's gone past the point of earning certainly our sort of writing respect for, yeah, yeah. for, for science fiction and Doctor Who in general. So we're not holding back anymore. But um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, Jodie, Jodie. I, I, she's ex, it was just an expected performance. There were a couple of scenes, as usual, where she's kind of cool, quite funny. Um, but other than that, it's just exposition mixed in with a bit of preachy and a bit of bit of techno babble here and there. A lot of sonic waving, and that's unfortunate. That's unfortunately, you know, I'm, you know, Jodie Whittaker of however the universe works. If at any point we end up meeting her, for whatever say that exactly the same thing so that I'm about to say now is that she's a great actress. She's very, very good. But unfortunately she's just been dealt a crap hand mm. in terms of writing for Doctor Who. Unfortunately that's the way I the way I see it. She had the potential to be a great doctor, but she's just been written to be this goofy Dippy. Dippy and just techno babbly expositional you know, just generic sci-fi character, and unfortunately, so, and that's what you get with this one. It's not bad. It's not terrible. It's you know, it's fairly entertaining, but it's just you would like. There might be you know, and listener, if you if you agree, then call. If disagree, then 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 also call. But I imagine you know, some of our listeners and some people that like Jodie will look back on on her era and this particular episode and be like, oh, I remember how cool Jodie was. I remember how cool the scene was. But honestly, mate, I can't see us. I can't see us in a year or two years' time thinking, what did you do at the, What did you do this week, uh, Gary, in between recording? There's no way you, either of us are going to be like, well, I picked up either the Daleks off the shelf and stuck that Blu-ray <laughs> in and gave that a watch because <laughs> no. it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's that kind of thing. It's enjoyable enough. It's okay, and she was okay. But I can't look back on any of her scenes with, I wouldn't say fond memories, but like um, standout memories. I'm not going to be in the pub with you or other Who fans and be like, guys, remember that scene in Eva the Daleks when she just blew blew us away. It doesn't have that kind of um, pub conversation starter material. No, yeah. no, exactly. Yes. Um, okay, music. Um, old Segan Akinola. I can't really remember any of the music. I think a couple of the bits when the Daleks were kicking off, it was it was okay. But other than that... No, I think Segan's just reached in the draw from the last two Dalek specials he's done and thought, where's that? Oh, yeah, here it is. Yeah, it is the Dalek theme. Let's bung that one in. Um, oh, Jody's, Jody's uh, making some quirky comments. Let me grab that file out. Yeah, there was nothing nothing new yeah, or no. stand out from him. Nope. Um, and then lastly, uh, let's talk about the best bit of the of the episode, which is the well, next this- time trailer. <laughs> 
the, but this is the thing. This was this summed it up perfectly to me. Now, bearing in mind, I was in a vicious mood after the first watch. <laughs> so I open up Twitter. Nobody's really talking about the episode. They're all talking about the next time trailer, and that that said it all to me. That's yeah. the, 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 a, a, a one second clip of a sea devil got more attention than this entire episode. Yeah, but that's all people were talking about. The sea devils are back, and I'm let me just say, absolutely delighted because I've been wanting to come back from ages. Slightly worried what what uh, dreadful story they're going to be involved in. I can only hope <laughs> it's half decent. But yeah. Um, but yeah, the Sea Devils are back, which is awesome. Uh, I wasn't too sure about the look at first, but I don't know. I've seen I've seen pictures of them now. I think they look pretty cool. They haven't changed the design too much, so that's that's a plus. <coughs> they haven't. Yeah, Excuse they me. do look pretty much as you'd expect from from the old classic years. Yeah. But that was a cool, that was a good, yeah, that was a good moment and everybody was talking about it, literally. Yeah. It's that, like, yeah, forget even the BBC promotion. <laughs> We're like, yeah, right, even the, even the Dalek is done. Forget it. We, we've got the Sea Devils, everybody. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, mate, that's that's pretty much how it was and how it is. Yeah. I remember looking at that next time trailer and being like, oh, my God, mm. the Sea Devils are finally back. This is going to be amazing. I can't yeah. wait for whenever the next special is. And that's, um, I mean, how can you... You know how how can you argue back with that? You know if you've it, not you personally, but how can someone who defends you know Jody's and Chibber's writing? How can they argue back? How can you say, well, actually, if you put the argument across, actually, either the Daleks was just a mediocre Christmas special or festive special as we knew it would be, mm. um, but everyone's buzzing for the next one because the Sea Devils are back. You can't you can't you know we, there's no rebuttal to say well actually no nobody cares about the sea devils it was all about either the daleks it's like come on <laughs> come on yeah come on wake up and you're so right dude that? that's the uh that's the the long and short of it it's a it's mediocre five slash six out of ten episode but the next time trailer was like just amazing it's just yeah it's brilliant where, where, when is that gonna air do we know is it an easter special or who knows, mate? What is this? Legend of the Sea Devils, it's called, isn't it? Yeah. And I love how they um, they left the word legend on the screen as well. And then mm. it's not until they came on screen that uh, the, the title then was revealed for the for the Sea Devils. Um, I honestly don't know when it's um, when it's when it's landing, dude. It just says um, early twenty twenty two. So oh, it's right. probably Easter ish time. That's I'm going to guess Easter. I'm trying to think back to when they did the David Tennant specials. Remember they did those four specials throughout the year. Yeah. One was the Christmas one. Then I'm sure it was Easter. One in summer, which was the lady. What's her name? The one with the Christina. bus in the desert. Lady Christina. Yeah, yeah that one that's in summertime uh, or autumn time. And then the next one was the, was it the next Christmas special? The last no, I one. Can't, oh, I can't remember. Something like that. I'm guessing anyway that where it says early 2022, it's going to be April Easterish. So, Sorry. so we've got yeah. So we've got that. Then another long, massive gap until the centenary, and then and then what? Another long, massive. So we've literally this is it's, it's quite sparse, isn't it? So we've got two specials this year, and but massive gaps in between, and then another massive gap till the anniversary one presumably well we're not sure if um oh. we're not sure at the moment are we if uh if um the 
it's just it's just known as Special Three at the minute. <laughs> after Legends of the Sea Devils, that's what the title is at the moment. Special Three. We're not sure if that is going to be the sixtieth anniversary oh, I'm really episode, confused, yeah. or if it's or if that's going to be a separate one, and then this is the special that's later on. Who knows? Oh, right. uh, I'm guessing that Special Three is the sixtieth. Uh, sorry, the hundredth anniversary BBC centenary thing. Yeah. So we're not sure. I don't know. Don't know. Oh, I've got one last question. Who's that firework guy at the end? The firework guy, Carl. I felt like, I felt, Carl, get, where's he from? I, I was like, okay, I get that I'm supposed to remember him from somewhere, but who is he? Um, what do you mean, remembering from somewhere? Well, what, where's the character from? Like, where, why, why was he randomly brought back? Because he's been in it before, isn't he? Uh, he was a crane driver in The Woman Who Fell to Earth. <laughs> right yeah so they brought back the crane dr- why like what was there any relevance or was it just was he just walking past the set and he went oh we, we've got a scene for you i mean what what was that about <laughs> i don't know well, he was one of the guys that was being hunted by the floaty alien things in the woman I who fell to him, earth he was the character yeah you know quite a lot of it happened on the construction <laughs> site and he was one of the crane yeah. drivers and he was being hunted down and stuff yeah so they just reprised his role randomly that's really random. As a, as a dude here, yes. Right, okay. I, th- I thought it might be something more to it, because I, I recognised it. I was like, oh, I've seen him before, but uh, yeah, okay. Crane driver, right, Crane got driver, it. yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> if you've got no more no more thoughts on this, dude, we'll get to scores. Um, so, I'll put yours in. Was it a six? Six. Yeah, mine. It was a, it was a three or four on a first watch. Oh, yeah. I was so down on it, but yeah, th- a six. Okay, well, mine's a six point five, dude. Okay. Um, I think I liked it slightly more. Well, point five more. Um, yeah. for me, that was just because it was a, like I said, it was a fairly, fairly enjoyable, isolated little story to watch on, to watch on New Year's Day. It just, yeah, nothing more than that. <laughs> can't, yeah, exactly. Can't give it any more than that, really. Uh, what did our awesome listeners think? We had a bunch over on Twitter and Facebook. Let's go over to Twitter. One of our writers, Jordan, said really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun, standalone, run around, uh, quite fit, uh, fit quite nicely after the flux. Uh, the whole cast was great, and the Daleks surprisingly sinister. Saying that uh, they can wait and learn. Saying that they can <laughs> wait and learn. And the next time trailer with the Sea Devils, I can't wait. Uh, Will Sanger, Tardisnet says I don't get the hype. The Daleks are threatening and John Bishop was good, but the time loop is kind of pointless. I thought Nick was incredibly creepy and Sarah very annoying. I also hate that uh, hate the, the Tamsin relationship as romances with the Doctor just don't work for me. Mm. Uh, Paul Jobbo says, A concise, easy-to-follow story with the Daleks providing both menace and amusement. I am not Nick. Little <laughs> side funny joke there. Uh, time loop trope well used to tell the charming story of Sarah Nick. I hope the central character's romance stays underplayed. And Sea Devils! Exclamation yeah. mark. Zombie Who honestly felt like the odd one out here. I thought it was terrible. I found Sarah infuriating. The Tasman stuff was cringeworthy. The Daleks being used for humour destroyed any threat they had. Other people must have seen something I didn't. Flux was much better. Three out of ten. Well, yeah, I don't... Did the Daleks have a lot of humour? One of my friends said that. He's like, oh, the Daleks were hilarious. I'm like, were they? I must have gone right over my head, that. I think the tone was a bit more deadpan slash sarcastic for a Dalek in general, but it wasn't like nobody was rolling on the floor laughing, holding their ribs. No, 
Yeah. Uh, Chippy T says, liked it a lot. Time loop worked well without disappearing up its own backside. A TARDIS reset story from inside a damaged ship could have been great, though. Uh, Mrs. Doyle and uh, Miss B were great fun too. Don't call her that; she'll go mad. <laughs> As a piece of festive fun, it's worth eight tiny uh, eight tins of beefy beans. Okay, <laughs> uh, one of the best reviews we've had from um, OQBO just says three. Ah. I assume that means three out of ten. Chris Carty, not a Flux fan, but enjoyed this. Made me smile. Made me smile. And it felt like a positive start to the year. My highest score for a very long time, an eight out of ten. Mm. Very cool, Daniel Fox. Although not a fan of the era, I really liked it. Brilliant concept and some cracking lines from the Daleks, aka Nick Briggs, such as "I am not called Nick." Sarah would be Sarah would make a terrific companion. Seven point five no. tins of beans out of ten. She'd drive you mad after a while. Yeah. Tin and Sonic. Happy New Year. It was all right. Nothing that blew me away, but equally nothing that I disliked either. Just felt a very average Dalek story. Six out of ten. Six. Um, yeah. Uh, Marco Bricks, UK. I really enjoyed it, but getting tired of the criticism the show is getting from people already predisposed to dislike it because they either do not like Jodie as the Doctor or Chibnall as the writer or combination of the two. If you rate the show one out of ten, why even watch it in full? That was me at the first watch, though. He's absolutely, absolutely right, you know. Just just going into it, that mindset. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's easy. It's, once you get into that mindset, it's hard to get out of it. Mm. Yeah, you're right, Marco. Yes. Uh, Doctor Who Home says it was fine, straightforward and began and went... Blah, blah, blah. It was fine, straightforward and began and went on until it ended. I don't have much to say other than that. It was just fine. The only thing of note is Nick is weird and I really wish they didn't undo the work of making the Daleks intimidating by having them miss a good few shots. Yeah. Seven out of Ridiculous. ten. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we've had this with Chibbers in another story. Who else couldn't shoot? Oh, loads. The Cybermen couldn't shoot. Cybermen, yeah. Those oh, robots that, was it. that were firing at, um, uh, what was his called? Who was, <laughs> the last uh... companion. <laughs> Ryan. Ryan. Remember yeah. that? Oh, no one can shoot in the Chibnall era. There was a shootout between the Cybermen and what's her face? You know. Bell. Bell, yeah. Yeah. They all missed. Yeah, I know. Much. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Denise Warner says, I loved the app, but it was a bit bittersweet. I really wish Jodie could have had a season with Russell T. She would have been better served with him, I think. The TARDIS crew was great. Going to miss Dan and Yaz would have liked to have seen character development continue 8 out of 10. Uh, The last few on here. So Sam says, it was fine. I really did not like the shop woman. She was grating on me by the end. But I did find other elements fun. Jodie was solid. Mandip did an excellent job in her coming out scene with Dan. Probably one of my fave moments of the era. Six out of ten. Titan uh, Tom Titan Sci-Fi says great story with a great cast. Watch out for Nick though. Wasn't expecting the Tasman story to develop, but I love it. Eight out of ten. OC Devils, yay! Yay. Lastly, on Twitter, Jacob Moore says felt like it was a bit low budget for a Christmas special, and felt Mm. Dan was underused. Good idea though. Just five out of (laughs) ten. And over on Facebook. Uh, again, I'll just read the headlines for these because some of them are quite long. Uh, Gordon Rogers says, we are the Daleks and we are very naughty. Fun romp, perfect for New Year's Day. Unfortunately, the kids would rather play the Xbox on this one. Uh, <laughs> average fair and an average score, 6 out of 10. Cool. Jeff Waddle. Oh, I don't listen to Jeff anymore. He's, he's lost his mind. Uh, says, as well as a time <laughs> loop story could be told. Good, enjoyable, not too taxing stuff for a New Year's Day. 9 out of 10. A nine from Jeff. The trailer no, eleven Jeff's out gone of ten. Mad. <laughs> yeah, scratch, tra- scratch that. <laughs> he says, uh, and if it turns out Chibnall trolls the haters by including an updated Merka, 
I'll upgrade that to a 12 out of 10. <laughs> Don't count on it, Jeff. You can only hope. Martin Arnold says, just meh on, en- on every level, a completely forgettable waste of an episode. It's sad to see how COVID has affected production such that I'd rather they put it on hiatus than waste their time putting this out. Martin. Martin's not been happy for a while now. Bless no, him. he's not. Yep. No. Um, hopefully Chibnall won't waste the sea devils. Uh, give it a 5 out of 10. He will. He will. Yeah, Matt Searson says this was a perfect episode for New Year's Day. Didn't need to think too much uh, with what was going on and was just happy to see some new who. The sea devil made me scream with joy. Seven out of ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie Turner, first of all, Happy New Year. Thank you very much, Charlie. Hope that happy New Year. Uh, you both had a good one. As for my thoughts, uh, it's the weakest of the Chibnall Dalek stories. If I had to rank the trilogy from my favourite to least, it would be Resolution, then Revolution, then Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes on to give it just a five. Toby Coleman, uh, I rather enjoyed it. It was clear... It was a very clear COVID story, but the Daleks were brutal, despite being slightly off with the shooting. I blame the new weapons, though. Um, eight time loops out of ten. Mm-hmm. Baz Warrington, too much Sonic for no reason. Of course. Daleks talk beep all the time. Plot contra- uh, <laughs> contrivance, uh, a go-go, but a fun romp, seven out of ten. Seven, uh, yeah. Joe Howard, Howarth, sorry, first time when Chris and the Daleks in a New Year special. This is pretty good. Uh, second time Daleks again still quite a good one third time okay Chris I think we are quite done with the Daleks by this point yes although really liked uh, Ashling B in this Uh, had its moments overall but just boring really five out of ten (laughs) Mark Hugill nice and compact with no multiverse drivel concepts of the time loop interesting tired of the companion who fancies the doctor being dragged out again let's have Ashling Bing who was brilliant as the next companion uh, this time with no romance on the cards, please. Eight out of ten. Mm. Uh, one of our writers, Harry, says, never mind a Groundhog Day episode. It feels like Groundhog Day every time the Daleks show up. Five yeah. out of ten. And lastly, Gordon Hudson says, how did the Daleks miss in the third death scene? Quote, unquote. And why couldn't they blast open the storage unit door at the end? Oh, that was mad. Six out of ten would be higher if the story made more sense. And there we go. So, dude, I think scores overall are middle of the road. Very middle of the road, yeah. A couple of nines in there, a couple of sevens, but we also had a couple of ones and a two and stuff, so average out, same as us, really, six-ish, five, six-ish. Yeah. So, dude, I'd love to be able to say, dude, that's that, what we got next time, but we've just got a title. We don't know anything about what's going on with the next special or anything, <laughs> no. so no. who knows? Who knows? Uh, but I think on that lovely, awesome kickoff to 2022 positive note, I think we'll do there. For 336. Alrighty. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to our first episode of 2022. I'm 99% sure they're not all going to be like this because we got some cool stuff coming up yes. uh, next week. So next week, dude, what we've got for review next week? Next week, it's the Hand of Fear. Oh, some fourth Story. Doctor action. Yeah, yeah. Bit yeah. of Tom. Bit of Tom, yeah. So uh, make sure you get your your Britbox fired up or your DVDs or Blu-rays, whatever, and get that Watch the Hand of Fear because we'll be asking for your for your reviews as always. Uh, we will keep you in the loop, obviously, when we hear more about the next special from Jody, whenever that's going to surface or whatever but back to our usual schedule from next week classic doctor who the hand of fear 
Remember to follow our show on whatever podcast app you listen to your podcast on. A new episode lands every single Friday. And uh, you can listen to all the episodes on the website too, which is www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. Uh, we're on the socials too, links on the website. Jump over there and give us a like and a follow. We chat Doctor Who throughout the week. We're on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook, so come and get involved over there. Plus, we have a free Discord server, uh, which you can also get to from the website. Loads of really cool Doctor Who fans over there chatting lots of Who. Uh, also, as always, remember to check out my co-host channel over on YouTube. It is, of course, The Geek's Handbag. Yes, The Geek's Handbag, also on all the socials. Facebook, Twitter, and Insta. Indeed. Yes. <laughs> well, that's a good one. Yeah, go and check out Adam's channels. Get a drink, get comfy. Loads of cool stuff over there. Until next week, dude. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember... Hey. Hey.